0: Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm.
1: You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. from me A slim pixie thin and forlorn A count white and drawn What do you make of me What can you take from me Pallid landscapes of my frown Let me rip you up and down
0: For you, I came to forsake. Lay wide despise, and hate. I sing you my lamented
1: songs. For you and your stimulations.
0: That's right. For you and your stimulations. We are completing Goth episode five. I know it's a little bit late, but I was super busy, unfortunately. And. It was mostly my fault.
1: (laughs) I contributed. And I would say better late than never. And there's always a good time for gothtober.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's fun to kick off 2024, even though we're recording this a little early, to kick it off with a great gothtober. And that's where we're going to start off with Tooth Perry, which is a funny... Rom-com, I think in fantasy, it was created by, oh boy, I got to bring out Google Translate.
1: This is fun, everyone, because this is not going to be us mingling Japanese names, but us mingling Indian names.
0: (laughs) Hindi, I think. Hindi names.
1: Totally different challenge for us. Oh
0: boy, is it ever. But you know, I love the, the language, actually. It's very beautiful. It is. I watched it in Hindi. to Tell you the truth, I could not do the the English dubbed? Yeah, I couldn't. I, th- just,
1: I think I did it in dubbed. So,
0: yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I could. I could just couldn't. <laughs> it. it just didn't <laughs> sound right to me. So it was written, created, and directed by this person here,
1: Pratim D. Gupta.
0: Pratim D. Gupta. Pratim D. Gupta. Okay, very American of me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's done quite a bit actually. He's directed and written at least 12 other series here and it looks like they've gotten some awards for best editing and best supporting actor and so he's pretty well known and it is starring
1: Shantanu Maheshwari.
0: Shantanu Maheshwari or
1: Shantanu Maheshwari
0: That just sounds so bad.
1: And that's Dr. Bikram Roy.
0: Yeah, Dr. Bikram Roy. And then...
1: Tanya Maniktala. Tanya
0: Maniktala.
1: Tanya Maniktala. Yeah. Rumi is an easier name. Her character name. (laughs) Those are our leads. (laughs)
0: And each episode is about forty to forty-eight minutes. There are eight episodes. It was released April twentieth of twenty twenty-three, and it was actually a Netflix exclusive. It's actually won some awards, breaking actor of the year of twenty twenty-three at the OTT series award and the Screen XX Summit and awards and. One rising star uh, for the same actor, actually. He was great. Yeah, definitely. How did you discover this?
1: I'm trying to think about that. I think just because I watched a lot of Netflix. So I came across it and I was like, you know, watching anime on Netflix, watching Korean dramas. I also like to watch other movies that originate from India as well. So I think they just put it into my... You might also like this category. So I think Netflix found it for me.
0: Okay. It was just a random recommendation.
1: Yeah. And it was so different from the other movies I've watched because I like to watch a lot of like light kind of romantic comedy type <laughs> movies. So this is, a, um, wrong, huh? this is a, a little different. So it's usually like romantic comedies and. You know, wedding seasons and that kind of drama of families and trying to get their kids married or whatever it is. And so this one was different because I'm like, what vampires? <laughs> like, I wasn't seeing that more horror genre from the movies presented from India or internationally, at least in my feed, because that's not what I watch really on my feed. So I was excited for it.
0: Also, it got 94% in Rotten Tomatoes from the audience. No one's really reviewed it. That works for a professional magazine or review website.
1: Well, they are missing out because it's really interesting and um, it feels very vintage in some ways, like the colors and the lighting. And I don't know. That's the
0: one thing I thought the colors it felt like. Well, maybe like mid two thousands, early two thousands. It felt older. <laughs> Interesting. So it starts off, or do you want to do it? No, you do it. Oh, fine. (laughs) It starts off with Rumi being trained by somebody. I can't remember the person's name for the life of me. I thought the actual person that was training her was Rumi, but it was someone else.
1: I thought she was training somebody. Was she? No, because
0: she's the one that like, I thought she was telling the person. She's the youngest one of them all. And so that's why she was learning how to like do the whole entire seduce somebody and everything. Anyway, they're hunting for blood, in a sense. <laughs> and as soon as they draw in this man to a hotel room, they make him pass out somehow with magic powers, maybe. Something happens, they pass out, and they just drain a couple liters of his blood. Because at this moment, they all live underground, and they live off of, like, frozen blood instead from a blood farm.
1: Hospital. So the vampires live underground, there's someone who's lording over them, who's, I believe, a human, and who's associated with a hospital. So I think he's supplying them with blood. So I'm imagining it's like blood donations or some sort of situation.
0: Yeah, and when we mean underground, they live like underground, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's pretty funny, and they're a part of the Aura clan.
1: It like rumbles, right? Like, they're very much underground.
0: Yeah, they made a deal with somebody named Adi Deb. Noma is AD, whose family is known for protecting the clan for years.
1: He's the one hooking them up with the blood.
0: I guess that's what's going on. They're not allowed to actually go above the ground. And some people sneak out because they want real blood and they want to actually be above ground again. But what happened was Rumi and her friend went to this kind of mm, club rave thing for India.
1: Was it like a celebration night? Like a holiday?
0: I think it was just what they call a rave. Okay. That's what I interpreted. I don't know (laughs) exactly. And so she seduces this guy and they go into the back of the outside part where no one is. And she tries to draw his blood. Something happens and his neck was too hard. And then her tooth breaks off. And she kind of runs away because that never happened to her before.
1: Yeah, so she tries to bite him, and then she can't penetrate the skin on his neck. So something's there, and yeah, she breaks her fang.
0: Yeah, she breaks her fang. And I guess we should have looked up what Perry meant.
1: I thought it meant, what's the whole show called, Perry?
0: Tooth Perry.
1: Tooth Perry. Do we even meant call it that? <laughs> <We> <laughs> I said thought that I the did. beginning. <laughs> What does Perry mean? Probably broken tooth. Which is a really funny concept to me because I don't think I've ever seen anything where the vampire breaks their thing. So that's a new story twist for me. So I thought that was very funny. And she's very beautiful.
0: Well, it's understandable, though, because you kind of learn later that he has a prosthetic in there. And so there's like plastic or something else that's blocking his veins or something.
1: Yeah, it's some sort of medical procedure
0: which I've never heard of that medical procedure in my whole entire <laughs> a metal life. metal
1: plate in his neck.
0: <laughs> metal plate or some type of prosthetic is what he said. So yeah, she runs off. She gets in trouble, but she tells her close friends what happened. And so they said, okay, well, you need to go recover your tooth, which it doesn't seem like she really listens until like at least the fourth episode uh-huh, that she yeah. needs to recover her tooth back. But they keep on telling her and she's like, Okay, I need to go see a dentist. And I was like, all right. She needs to go get that goddamn tooth.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What are you
0: doing? Also, what happens is that the guy that got attacked, he tries to go to the police and tell them what happened, and they think he's crazy So (laughs) they go, you got to go talk to the loony guy, which is pretty much like, you know, the guy from X-Files who believes all the stuff that goes on. Yeah,
1: paranormal investigator. Yeah, person. So because they think, yeah, like, what's wrong with you?
0: Yeah, whatever. And he tries to explain to him what happens. And he's like, well, I can't eat anymore. And I don't know what's going on. And I'm starting to burn up.
1: Oh, I forgot.
0: (laughs) Oh, I guess it's been a while since you've seen it.
1: Yeah, I forgot that detail, that he wasn't well after that. Even though she didn't really damage him.
0: They said it only had to be like a little bit or something like that. Like okay. uh, Not a little bit, but it had to be a certain amount of blood until they turned into a vampire. I can't remember exactly.
1: In the police unit or whatever, there's one kind of detective, police officer. Is he believe or is it his dad
0: his father was a part of that whole entire same thing that he was in. They just kind of gave him that role because his dad was in it. And they just think his dad's crazy and he doesn't really want to believe. And so what happens is like, he kind of learns more about it and then he kind of like goes, this might be real.
1: Yeah. Like it's aligning lining up with the things his dad was kind of raving about.
0: Yeah. Okay. So during that whole entire thing of Rumi not listening, <laughs>
1: And she has to be really careful about sneaking out because is it AD who's like a real jerk or is it another vampire that's also a jerk? Because I feel like there's a lot of tension underground and they have to cover for her a lot and try to distract him. And
0: Yeah, it's like the head of the vampires, but I think you're right. That might be AD. One of the problems is is they go over the names one time
1: yeah, and then they <laughs>
0: never say their names ever again. And you're like, wait. What just happened?
1: So expect me to remember it from
0: like the first episode or the second episode.
1: And they're quite punishing underground. Like it's not like you're like slap on the wrist. They'll like kill you or something. It feels pretty dangerous. Or you'll lose some
0: limbs or something crazy like that. Something dark. (laughs) Yeah. So she sneaks out again to go get her tooth repaired. And she meets this one guy. I can't remember. What was the doctor's name again?
1: The actual dentist,
0: Doctor Bikram Roy, that's his yeah, name. Yeah,
1: Doctor Roy. It, it was the evening, so she an evening appointment.
0: And he truly wants to be a chef. Instead, his parents forced him to become a dentist because his dad was a dentist. And he has another problem, though. His other problem is is when he sees the sight of blood, he passes out. How can you be <laughs> a dentist if you do that?
1: You get you see oh my God. bloody gums
0: all the time.
1: Everything. <laughs> got to bleed. <laughs> Everything bleeds when you're working on someone's mouth. Yeah. Yeah, like there's not one job in, unless you just did x-rays maybe, but other than that, obviously you can't just do x-rays for a living. But yeah, the mouth is not a safe place for him.
0: Yeah, so he accidentally cuts himself and a little drop of blood goes in Rumi's mouth and she gets really excited over it because it's like the best tasting blood in the whole entire world. And then The doctor passes out and he was like, Okay, well, you know what, you gotta come back another day because I'm too out of it at this moment. (laughs) And so she like leaves and tells everybody about how good this blood is. In doing so, she comes back the next day and he passes out again.
1: But isn't the friend, the younger friend who I think she was training, is it she wanting to go after him just to
0: She gets sent him? over a little bit later, yeah. Okay. And then they realize that when she gets a vial of his blood, they realize that he's like a virgin in his 20s. Oh, and they're like, what? oh, this blood, that's why it's so good. We need to drain this guy for real though. <laughs> and so that's when they start sending over some other trained vampires who might be better.
1: Rumi likes him. Well. Kind of. I don't know.
0: (sighs) She might because she does take him to some place that she used to go to when she was a human, maybe.
1: Yeah. I think there's more of a relationship building there. There
0: might be because she feels bad for him or something like that. But she also really wants his blood. so like She's like bloodlusting after him, too.
1: She could just go for it and she doesn't.
0: Yeah, but then she realizes that he's a super virgin times 10. So like now it's even harder to be intimate with him. (laughs) Because he probably won't fall for the same tricks as most guys do.
1: That's true. And she um, needs her tooth fixed. (laughs) Yeah. She has to get that.
0: The reason why, I guess, the nerve is still there. Yeah. That means that she could still get it fixed. But the thing is, is she needs to find a tooth. And finding the tooth is a whole entire other thing. So I think I gave kind of a good layout. I'll
1: just also just mention there's also a witch in this show as well, like a great character. So,
0: yeah, there's some witches, and I kind of don't understand because there's a witch and a warlock, and I don't understand who they are really. Like, if they're a part of the whole entire AD thing, because they did put someone's head in the freezer.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they're like vampire hunters
0: or... They might be affiliated with the blood bank or... I don't know. I, I can't tell.
1: Yeah, but it's exciting. So there's a lot of fun, magical people and creatures.
0: It's a lot of fun. I only made it to the fourth episode. I do want to watch more because it's it's actually kind of fun to watch and it's cute. and
1: It's pretty entertaining and surprising. And it was just like a different vampire kind of story in some ways.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely it is. It's completely different from what we normally watch. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But then at the same time, it's kind of similar.
1: <laughs> right. But it's a different take because there's like a different cultural overlay on it. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you gotta
0: learn the rules of what vampires are over there versus over yeah. here. or in-
1: Yeah. So I really recommend it. They're longer episodes, though. So I feel like it's a little bit more effort
0: Yeah, it's not as long as like a Korean drama, but it's a little bit longer than a regular anime.
1: Yeah, so I need to get back to it. And maybe it is a tiny bit confusing, like you said, because they only said their names once. and so
0: Yeah, and I try to keep up with it. And the funny thing is, is like about five or 10% of the dialogue is in English. They'll talk in Hindi and then they'll say like certain things in English. And it's just like, what the hell? They go, oh, okay, just trust me. Okay, yeah. it, or something like that. It's really interesting. So it kind of reminds me of like Tagawag or something like that.
1: Well, yeah, because the British, you know, and India, so then the language stuck around, I guess, and they adopted some of it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it was kind of funny because I noticed that one of the weird things is is like when they're in the taxi, they're talking about killing people and draining blood, and, and like the taxi driver's just doesn't even
1: pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I know that. One. <laughs>
0: I'm just like, wait a minute,
1: come on. Uh, it's so, yeah, it's funny on a lot of levels. It's <laughs> like an odd show. So I recommend it for sure. It's different um, for our Gothtober. And um, yeah, and we did a lot of vampires this Gothtober. So. That's okay. It was on theme, though. It was good. We got to get different views and perspectives on that figure.
0: Yeah, vampires still live forever and they're a little bit lighter complexion. They're nocturnal and they have superpowers, so we got that. It's just the living underground, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) So check it out if you want, and we'll be right back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it.
1: Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the
0: intersection of possibility, where what ifs and why nots collide, some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. We sip our cares away, and you
1: can do the same, cause you're in a safe place, when you're whining with nurses.
0: Storygram Network. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Clan of Zymox, Medusa. That's the right one, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: (laughs) They've been around for a while. Um, They're also known as Zymox. They are kind of a gothic electric rock dark wave. I guess they're one of the founders of dark wave, supposedly. The main member is Ronnie Moorings, and the album was released November 1st of 1986. It is 42 minutes and some change. This is their second album. It was produced by Clan of Zymox and John Fryer. John Fryer has done a lot of
1: Yeah? What's that mean?
0: (laughs) Wow, he's done like about a couple hundred albums or something. Wow.
1: Yeah,
0: he's got a great catalog. Love and Rockets, White Zombie, Depeche Mode. Yeah, so many. Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Heat Machine, Swans. Modern English, right on. <laughs> nice.
1: So oh, that's amazing. 42 long minutes, though, for me. It felt long.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's not that much information about the album, to tell you the truth. It just shows who was in it at the mm-hmm. time, which was Ronnie Moorings, Anka Wolbert, and Peter Newton. And then, of course, John Fryer was production and engineering, Keith Mitchell was engineering and then Vaughn Oliver did the graphic design and Nigel Gearson did the photography that's about it <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> did they do this one because their first one did so well or is it just like how they have a lot of
0: their first album i think was only about 500 copies or so and he was just trying to sell it when he was at shows and i heard twist of shadows is actually a little bit better I thought like Clan of Zymox was gonna be more of like an industrial. And so when I heard it, I was like, okay, this is a lot better than I thought it was gonna be personally. And this is a little lo-fi, but it's still pretty good. Like, I was into the like the scent sweeps and his vocals and everything, but the second listen, I got kind of bored.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like I could listen to the first few songs. Then I hit a wall with the last ones. I don't...
0: The song Scum. I didn't really like that much. It was the very last song.
1: I I skipped Scum. Yeah, I was like, oh, it feels eight minutes long. And I don't think it is. But it feels like I'm like, I don't need any more of this.
0: Yeah, it's over seven minutes. And then (laughs) the last three are like bonus tracks. I think if you stick with the first 10 songs, they're not bad. They're actually... Really good. And then I was thinking, I could have swore that they were more of an industrial band. And I guess I was wrong. They kind of just stuck with the sound that they had, even till today.
1: Oh, really? Like So they didn't get more industrial at some point? or Not really. Okay. I read that they have
0: some stuff they did with another musician that was kind of more grunge, but it wasn't Clan of Zymox.
1: Well, I just want to say like that when I'm looking out on Spotify, Medusa, 1986, it ends with Scum.
0: Yeah, those are the bonus tracks.
1: Scum is a bonus track? Yep. Oh, and A Million Things and Blind Hearts?
0: Yeah, A Million Things and Blind Hearts. Oh, bonus well, they tra- are
1: not bonus tracks.
0: <laughs> with the reissue, yeah. So okay. if you stick with the first 10 songs, it's pretty good.
1: It's not bad. It's good background music. I put it on to do the dishes. It was fine. I have one song that kind of stands out to me, but none of them stand out, if that makes sense.
0: That's like the biggest problem I had with it. I think it's actually, like I said, a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. So I was surprised. Yeah. But like there's nothing that like goes, Okay, this is my favorite song on this album. But I heard the next album is a little bit more
1: catchy. Okay. That's what I read. I'll have to try it out. I'm not against listening to more of their music to find the songs that I would want to include in some mixes. If any of these songs showed up in a playlist, I'd be fine. It's not like any of them are so bad except for Scum where I'm like, change it. But like you said, if you don't count the bonus songs, if any of those songs showed up somewhere else, I wouldn't be mad about it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're dancing enough. I know they've like a really great following. The Spotify article on them pointed out that they often get criticized for not really finding their own voice, that they're too heavily influenced by their influences. So they're often compared to other bands a lot. Like, oh, they sound like this band or they sound like that band. And so I was thinking maybe that's when we're saying, oh, there's nothing that kind of like hooks you.
0: I don't know. I mean, to me, they sound unique enough, but it's just, there's nothing that hooks me. I think they sound perfectly fine. Also, it looks like that they did some soundtracks, or they're on some soundtracks, like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and Lonely is an Eyesore, or that's a compilation album.
1: I think it's fine goth music.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't object to it, to tell you the truth.
1: No, it's not how I listen to like Sisters of Mercy or something where I'm like, yes, and I'm so happy and I play it over and over. It's more like if it rotates in, I'll be okay.
0: Right, exactly. So, yeah, I didn't even know what song to like.
1: (laughs) I have one, Play Louise. It's my middle name, so. All right, fair enough. I
0: don't know. I think it sounds good.
1: (laughs) Right? It's a good song. Yeah, it's a great song. That's the song that stands out to me. There we go. Right on. (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to be a downer about it. It's just not...
0: I think it's perfectly fine. Exactly.
1: But you know when we fall in love with certain albums, it's not like that.
0: (laughs) No, no. I'm surprised it's not what it was, and it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, so... (laughs)
1: I'll listen to the next one, too, then, if you said yeah, that one got catchier reviews. That's what reviews. It's, it's a
0: little bit catchier and it's a little bit better. So um, I don't know. I have
1: no Continue clue. our Clan of Zymox exploration, definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's about it, though. I think we said all we could say about it, to tell you the truth.
1: Yeah, so our Gothtober got stretched out a little bit, but that was fun. So.
0: <laughs> For sure. Anyway, so let's wrap this up. You can find me at all social medias under Glitch Unicorn.
1: And you can find me at some social medias as Sister Santos.
0: All right. We'll see you next time.